welcome back to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors so they can do this important work in a sustainable way. And today I'm really excited to have Daniel Kexel here with us. And we're going to jump right in because we know you're busy and we know you want to get as much as you can in a short amount of time. So I'm going to invite Daniel on board right now and ask him to introduce himself. Tell us a little bit about what he teaches and maybe why he teaches. Um. First of all, thank you, Leslie, for having me on the podcast. It's really cool to see you in person or at least on Zoom uh, after reading your book and doing some other things, interacting with you a little bit. Um, Currently, my position is uh, I teach middle school band and drumline in South Pierce County uh, at Ford Middle School. Uh, This is my 20th year in teaching. I I spent about nine years in Tacoma School District and 15 in Kent. Uh, So I spent my whole uh, career in the sort of South Puget Sound area. And um, right now I am full time band. I'm also uh, the uh, fine arts coordinator as well. I sort of took that on after I offloaded one of my other uh, gigs. You know, you know how it is. It's like work fill. What is it? Work uh, work fills the time allotted. Right. So as soon yeah. as I uploaded something, somebody else was like, can you do this? And I was like, all right. Okay. That's <laughs> so awesome. Well, what we're doing on this podcast is we like to have you share something in particular that, that you have found to be really helpful. Maybe a problem you had that you've overcome that probably will resonate with other folks. And, um, what's one of the things that you've struggled with during your career, um, that we can talk about today? Well, I think the biggest, most long-term issue that I've had in my whole career was just, you know, simply feeling like I was successful at what I'm doing, you know, despite everybody's external validation, you know, that concert was great or your kids sound good or blah, blah, blah. I never felt like I was working hard enough or I was working enough because I was always comparing myself to two things. Uh, the unrealistic expectations of myself and also the idealized expectations of other people. You know, when you, when you go and see other people at a convention or when you see other people's concerts um you're seeing an eye that's a little bit like instagram version of that teacher right because you're seeing what they show you're not seeing what they're going through and and what they can control and what they can't control and and sometimes you can't see that either so first of all becoming aware of things I can control and things I can't control was probably the first step. And, and that comes from when I was teaching in Kent and, and one of the things that was really, really frustrating for me, my main frustration was, is that my band program kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And it was mostly due to external circumstances, even though I'm the first one to blame, I blame myself before I blame others, but it was systemic district Uh, and school made decisions that were reducing kids access to my program. And that was killing me. It was really, it was really, it was really just eroding my soul. And uh, eventually to the point where I had to leave, it was like, I was on this ever shrinking iceberg, you know, this thing. And I finally ended up having to jump because otherwise I would have had, you know, I I would have gone under. And then what would that have meant? Well, that meant I would have been probably teaching halftime elementary music and maybe point two at the middle school or something like that. So 
once I left, you know, I had to realize, you know, I had to tell myself, you know, how much of that was me, how much was that was was not me. And then accept that answer. You know, you, you can always say that to yourself, but accepting the answer is is really, really difficult. Um, another thing was redefining the idea of success. You know, uh, I, I told you in our brief conversation before this that when I went to my new position, my latest position, uh, one of my colleagues said, you know, that got hired at the same time said, I want to build a dynasty. And I was like, I want my next concert not to suck. You know, I want to, I want to just teach, you know, I, I sort of went from small to big rather than looking at a big picture and trying to create it. Um, just trying to trying to have a good rehearsal, you know, trying to help this kid on this thing. Uh, because when I was in my previous position, that's all I really had. I didn't have Nothing around me felt like it was the way I wanted it to be. So I, I just had to, the thing I hung my hat on was the, the little victories, the little things to teach, teaching one kid, one thing. And, and then just working outward from that, you know, feeling the success of, of, of having a good class and then moving outward from that and not letting one thing ruin my whole day. You know, it's like if you have five good classes and one goes haywire, that's the thing for many, so many years, I would, that's the thing I would drive home with. And why, why would I do that? I don't know. It, it was because I think in my, my brain, I didn't feel like I worked hard enough. You know, I didn't, I didn't do enough. So making sure to work on letting those things go and knowing that, you know, being perfect is not it's not something that you can even accept. You can't, you can't expect that of yourself. Um, your best is going to change from day to day, you know? Super insightful. Cause I think, okay, I'm a band director too. So I can say this, we all have pretty big egos, right? And yeah, we right. think we can control everything. We want to control everything. And I love for you talk about, excuse me, the awareness. Once you became aware of there are things you can and things you cannot do and then accepting that, that's where you really get more control at that point, right? Because if you can't control it, let it go. And so that's super helpful. I was going to ask you how you solved your problem and you just segued beautifully into that. But I want you to speculate for a minute. What if, what if you had continued with that highly competitive within yourself and with other people? What was that doing to your stress levels and to your family relationships and all those things? Well, when you have so much of your esteem and you're so much, so much of your self-worth tied into your job, then your job dictates your well-being. Your job dictates your happiness. You, you hand that over to your career. And, you know, what was it? Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar once said, you only have, you have 38,000 days, give or take. That's all we've got. Um, it, it, th when I heard that st that little factoid from him, I that that made me very scared actually because that just that just really reduces the amount of time that you feel like you have with yourself here on this planet. And when you give up that amount of your happiness and that amount of your well-being to something else um that that's a really that's some sometimes a real waste of your time uh because yeah. you can ride ups and downs unnecessarily um so just 
making sure that my definition of success really doesn't as much rely on the success of my program. Um, that's, that was, that was a, that was a, a really important thing for me to, to learn. Um, you know, and I, I, another thing I recently read, you know, uh, on a band director page somewhere, uh, was somebody that said something to their student teacher that says, when you make music, your profession it's no longer your hobby and you, you need to go find another hobby you know, go find something that takes up space in your life that gives you pleasure that is not teaching. Uh, because, you know, you're, you're going to want that. I actually told a student that uh, I had a student who was thinking about quitting band in high school and she was a champion skeet shooter, actually. And uh, I, I told her, I said, you know, look, I think you need to keep playing saxophone in high school. She's a middle school kid because at some point shooting's going to go south on you. It's going to, you're going to not be happy with your own progress. You're going to get to a plateau. Something's going to happen. Uh, and you're going to need something that, that is not pressure filled that gives you joy. And she stayed in band. She ended up becoming band president and uh, she's doing, she's doing great. Hopefully she's still shooting. Because uh, she was very good. <laughs> That's such good advice, though. I told a student teacher once, and he's told me many times how much it helped. Find something you suck at, because you can get that. You know, find something to go and do to take your so that your mind has to be fully engaged in something else. I was I cracked mm -hmm. up when you told me what your go to thing is. Share with our audience what it is you do. For well, besides being completely obsessed with old British with old British cars, I. Um, I think the weirdest thing about me, uh, or the most interesting, depending on what you think is, um, I play pinball competitively <laughs> and most people are like, is that a thing? And I think I, I tell them everything's a thing. Have you seen YouTube? Yeah. Everything is a thing. Extreme Barbie Jeep racing is a thing. Um, so, uh, it's true. Um, something for everybody, <laughs> right? Um, so I've been playing com uh, competitive pinball since I'm since 2016 and uh and actually i'm i'm gearing up towards a fairly big competition in about two weeks here in in washington state so what is having that kind of thing in addition to your teaching how does that help you as a teacher or does it well it helps me in a lot of ways it, it i have a whole set of friends that have nothing to do with education and getting getting to talk to people outside of the band director bubble uh, means that I talk to people who have a different relationship with work than I do. Mm. And that's, that's been pretty amazing because I've been talking to them and, you know, you know, uh, how many hours and how many things outside of school you, you put into your job and, and a lot of other professions and a lot of other jobs don't do that. And they ask me things like, why do you do that? And like really simple questions. Like, does that make you happy or why, you know, why on earth do you spend all that time outside of school? Blah, 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 blah. And then it, it just, it just plants these little seeds in my brain, like going, yeah, why am I doing that? You know, one of the things I, I, I set as a goal this year 
was to go and do personal things, go and do things like going to a baseball game or going to a pinball competition uh, on a weeknight, you know, because so many of my, so much of my career would be like, I can't do that. That's a school night. I can't go out. It's a school night. Well, it's like, well, school doesn't own those hours. You know, they don't pay me for those hours. And, and I used to sit there and if I wasn't, teaching, I would use those hours to think about teaching. Well, I don't know if that made me a better teacher or not, but it certainly didn't make me a happier person. So, uh, so I decided, you know, those hours I'm going to use, you know, I'm going to use them for me this year. And I still haven't done a very good job of that. (laughs) But you brought the awareness. But you, again, you've brought this awareness to it and that's the first step being mindful of this and having that goal and seeing, you know, when you go play pinball on a Tuesday night, Wednesday still shows up and you survive, but now you've done the thing you got to do for you and fulfilled some of you. We lose ourselves. And then you're a happier person for those kids. Yes, absolutely. You need to be that. That's You can't be stressed all the time. You're going to create an atmosphere where they're stressed or where they don't expect, they don't know what to expect from you. They yeah. need to know what they expect from you every day um, because they're the rest of their lives are so chaotic, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you to leave one bit of informa- information. I'm thinking of it as like passing off the baton because you and I have been teaching a little bit at a time. We're a little seasoned here, but there's some folks coming out of the gate, maybe right before COVID, they went to college or whatever, and some new band directors who are facing all kinds of challenges, some that we haven't even thought about yet. But if you could give one piece of wisdom to pass on to our up and coming band directors so they've got the sustainability in this position to do it, what would you tell them? Well, it was the one that we had a laugh with on our little pre-conversation. And that was, uh, I, I, my, I think the best piece of advice I gave to, uh, one of my student teachers, I've been lucky to have more than one, my very smartest student teacher, um, probably didn't need this advice, but I gave it to him anyway. I said, you know, everything works, everything you go you know, everything you see somebody else do, everything you read about in the internet, every, every session you go to in a masterclass, you try this with your band. Oh, this, it all works. Everything works. Everything, every method book works. Not everything's going to work for you. Um, you know, uh, when earlier in my career, you know, it was that whole sort of grasping for straws kind of feel where I would go to a convention and I would go to eight different seminars and I would see amazing directors saying, I did this and I do this and I do this. And I would come home with this big pile, you know, this big handful shopping bag full of like tricks and tips and ideas and, you know, philosophies and things like that. And I would sort of dump it all in my class and go, I'm doing all 20 of these on Monday. Yeah. And none of them, they would all fail because they didn't have any staying power. Cause I couldn't keep 20. Guess what? I couldn't keep 20 balls in the air, you know, at the same time, they'd all fall on the floor in less than a month. So it, it, when I'm, when I'm thinking about making a change to my teaching practice, I try to do one thing and do it very intentionally and do it as long as I can. And if I stop doing it, forgive myself, uh, you know, uh, my old church choir director, you say, weep and begin again. You know, you stop, you, you quit, 
weep, begin again, just keep going, you know, uh, get up more times than you fall down. Um, so, so everything that you see everybody doing again, it's that sort of Instagram version of them. Like it all works, but you have to find the thing that's genuine for you. Uh, one of my colleagues does a thing called band Olympics and she is amazing at it. And the kids just get into it. They make signs, they invent countries, they all can. And she has all these things. And it, I decided I want to do that, but I can't do it like she's doing it. Uh, I can't do the events. I can't do the same things. I can't use the same materials uh, because it's not, it's, I can't, it, it'll feel adopted. It'll feel adopted to me and it'll feel adopted to the kids. Um, what I did take was the idea of a band Olympics. And I just sort of invented what that looked like for me. And I, I, I use some elements of hers ideas, but I had to invent it from me outward so that when I taught it, it was authentic. It wasn't acquired. It wasn't, you know, something that I was, you know, like a, a curriculum you sort of set on the stand and say here, um, you know, internalization is, is what it was. It had to come from my personality more than anything else. So everything works, but you have to find what works for you and you have to find what, what, what works out of your personality. You know, that reminds me like the music making process. We'll often listen to the experts or the professional recordings and try to emulate them exactly. But the true musicianship comes through when you've done that. And then you create your own from that after you've taken the tools from the others. So you really brought a lot to the table today. Um, and thanks for being so vulnerable talking about imposter syndrome as a veteran teacher so that the newer teachers can realize we all face it too. I'm in year 35 and I still feel it every day. Yep. And um, you gave us some great tips about awareness and redefining our definitions of success and, and some really hands-on practical things. And so I hope all of you listening today can take away a nugget or two from Daniel that you can use in a way that's helpful for you so that you've got the sustainability to do this very important work for a long time. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. Join us again when we give you more productivity and wellness tips on Band Director Bootcamp. 